The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Bet $100 at Winbet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. IP Vanish is the official VPN of SGPN and they're offering 70% off if you go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. And finally, make sure to check out our new Discord server, the perfect place to interact and sweat bets with the entire SGPN crew. Just head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Listening to Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow Bet MUFC on Twitter at Bet MUFC. That's at Bet MUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And of course, you can follow me at LockBetting.com. 
That's at LockBetting.com. That is the Twitter account for my premium pay service, LockBetting.com. And the Twitter account is at LockBetting.com. So LockBetting.com without the dot. That service has delivered 110 months in a row of transparent track profit. Do your own research. Go to the Twitter account I just mentioned. Look at the pinned tweet and you will see the PL for the month of July. PL stands for Profit and Loss Spreadsheet. If you want to see other spreadsheets, go down to the bottom. You'll see little tags. They say things like soccer, tennis, WNBA, MLB, etc. One of them says PL. Click the PL tab and you'll have access to all of the other PLs on the lockbetting.com site. Look at the type of bets that we do. Look at the sports that we bet on. Look at the stakes. And most importantly, look at the members' comments at the bottom. These are real members verifying the fact this service has gone undefeated for nine years and two months without a single losing month. We are 10 months away from being able to say we haven't had a single losing month for a decade. August is a great month to sign up because it is the start of the financial year we go from august to august because we release so many futures in the month of august so far we have released epl and bundesliga futures and we are yet to release futures for um la liga for Serie A, and for the tennis us open and for the nfl and if you missed the early futures for the epl you can still go back and bet them because we've only played out match day one so it's still a great time to sign up not just for the futures but all the action we have this month we have domestic soccer every single week we have tennis plays we have mlb and of course as i mentioned we have the us open at the end of the month, along with the NFL futures to come. So to get involved with all of this, head over to lockbetting.com and sign up for the service that has been undefeated for 110 months and is just 10 months away from being able to say it's been undefeated every single month for a decade. So moving on to this edition of Bet MUFC, and we have a lot to say. Obviously, the Brighton game was a massive, massive setback. It was supposed to be a new era, but it was the same old shit. Manchester United being carved open at will in the first 45 minutes by a mid-table Premier League team who sold their best two players this summer. And then in the second half, once Man United did get their way back into the game, they showed absolutely nothing for the final quarter. The crowd got behind us. Everything was there. We had the players on the pitch. Ronaldo was there. The tactical changes were made so that we had a plethora of attacking players on the pitch, such as Donny van der Beek and, and Eriksen and Bruno. They were all playing at the same time and nothing, nothing, no threat at all. No sign of a comeback from 2-1 down. We could not pull it back to 2-2. We couldn't even get a point on the opening day against Brighton. We got no new manager bounce from Eric Ten Hag at all. He looked confused. I wouldn't say he looked out of his depth. I think it's it's too early to say that. It's not too early to say that about someone like Lissandro Martinez, who looked absolutely nothing like a £45 million defender. And then, obviously, alongside him, you have Harry Maguire, who's at fault for playing Brighton onside for the first goal. So, already a Maguire mistake. Luke Shaw did absolutely nothing. Diego Dallo is not good enough to be our right back. And McFred, to play Fred and McTominay again at the start of the season is an absolute fucking embarrassment, not only to United as, uh, as a team, but to the board as well in fact more so to the board the fact that we are going out there for the opening game of the season under a new manager and putting out these two players in our central midfield positions is a joke and uh, Bruno Fernandes he was awful once again he's been awful now for the entirety of 2022 had a chance to put us 1-0 up put it into row Z this has been consistent with Bruno missing key chances in key games he missed the penalty against Arsenal that could have brought us back into game and could have revived our faint hopes for the top four he was also responsible for our FA Cup exit, missing an open goal in the home game against Middlesbrough. So Bruno Fernandez's terrible 2022 continues. 
This guy needs to be dropped. He needs to be shown that these performances are not acceptable. As for the front three, again, Jaden Sancho can't get past the player, can't put a cross in, can't seem to do anything. All he seems to be able to do in a Man United shirt is play backwards. Marcus Rashford is playing like a player who has some kind of disability or inability to play football. It's like he had the power to play football, but it's like he borrowed it for four years from somebody as a as a magic spell. And suddenly the spell has been cast and it's been removed from him. And now he looks like a normal person out there who's wearing a Man United kit that doesn't belong on a fucking pitch. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing to watch Marcus Rashford. And especially when he releases all of these videos saying that he would he would be doing fitness training early on in the season. He did all this football training he did all this extra work he said he felt great he looked great and he was ready for the new season and he felt fit and better than ever and what have we seen the same old dog shit Marcus Rashford that we've seen for 18 months and afterwards all he's going to do is put out statements and say not the result we wanted but we'll be better next time consistent with all of the social media of the fucking clowns that managed to somehow get worse and worse on a weekly basis and none of them are fit to wear a Manchester United shirt and that includes Cristiano Ronaldo who once he came on was completely ineffective and was rightfully booed by half our supporters. I don't know what the other half were thinking. This was a guy who decided that he was going to stay with the club. He knew we weren't going to have Champions League and then decided to fuck up our entire summer by being a massive wanker and a disruption by deciding he wanted to go as soon as the season started when he wasn't happy with the signings that we made. So this guy has no loyalty to the club. He had no loyalty the first time round when he tried to get out to Real Madrid the season before he actually did end up going in Alex Ferguson managed to convince him to go he then left and now he's come back and he has no loyalty to the cause this season because he doesn't get to play in the Champions League but what I don't understand is this fucking asshole knew he wasn't going to be playing in the Champions League last season but he decides to say it in the summer and disrupt our entire summer which by the way was going very very well in um, in the games without Cristiano Ronaldo and as soon as Cristiano Ronaldo comes back to camp not that I'm blaming for the entire thing because I've listed enough players who have been absolutely fucking abysmal and you cannot blame Cristiano Ronaldo for the way that they played in the first half when he was sitting on the fucking bench but the fact is it doesn't help when Cristiano Ronaldo is a massive disruption and he's your biggest name and he's able to not turn up for the summer yet still needs to come on and is treated by some sort of saviour by half of our supporters. Speaking of our supporters, once again, we are planning a massive, massive protest, a massive, massive demonstration, a massive, massive march. It's going to take place on the 22nd of August for the Liverpool game. There is a plan for some of the supporters to stand outside and protest for the entire 90 minutes, thus emptying out large sections of Old Trafford. Whether this actually happens or not remains to be seen. And people are still answering, asking the question as to why Man United are doing this. Is this because we are underperforming on the pitch? What's key to remember is is that our owners are stealing from our fucking club now whether we'd be successful or not these assholes these glazers are still stealing from Manchester United there's a piece of audio from Sky Sports that's gone viral this week that I'm going to put in on the show because nobody can explain it better than is explaining this piece there's no point me rehashing it or doing my own version of events have a listen to this and this explains better than anything else what is happening at Manchester United and why we're so fucking furious with the Glazers. Look, I think um, what I'm going to say is not a knee-jerk response to what happened on Sunday. It's a response to what has been happening at Old Trafford for a long time. Speaking to Manchester United supporters, they will say United are a club who've lost their soul. Now, Manchester United have been through 
dark times before. They've been through uh, years and years of not winning the title. You know, I might be showing my age. I remember United in the 1980s losing 5-0 at Everton, uh, losing 5-1 against Manchester City. But you look at the players who they had in the 80s, for instance, in that game against Everton, they had Brian Robson. They had Mark Hughes. They had Gordon Strachan. They had Remy Moses. They had Gordon McQueen. They still had players who knew what it meant to play for Manchester United, players who had a connection with the fans. That doesn't exist at Old Trafford anymore. And when you talk about the ownership uh, situation at Manchester United, some people, especially uh, people who support other clubs, say United fans are just complaining because they're not winning at the moment. If they were winning, they wouldn't be complaining. Well, you've got to remember, United fans were demonstrating before the Glazers took over. Some of the fans were so upset that they went off and set up their own club, FC United and Manchester, which is doing very, very well. Uh, David Beckham wore the green and gold scarf on the pitch at Old Trafford after Manchester United had uh, beaten AC Milan in the Champions League 4-0. Manchester United fans were complaining from the start. They were complaining during the good times as well. So I don't accept this argument that they're only complaining because United aren't doing well at the moment. And the other point a lot of people make is what the Glazers have done is not illegal. You can use a leverage buyout to buy any company you want in the United Kingdom. Okay, that may well be the case, but people who tried to buy Chelsea using leverage buyout were not able to do so a couple of months ago. And the Football Association are talking to the Premier League and the EFL, and when we finally get an independent regulator in football, leveraged buyouts will be banned. So what the Glazers did 17 years ago will no longer be allowed. But unfortunately for Manchester United supporters, uh, the Glazers borrowed £600 million when they bought the club. The debt is still £600 million and it has cost Manchester United somewhere between £1.5 and £2 billion. Fans of other clubs who say the Glazers have spent loads of money on players, they've spent a billion pounds on players, that's not the Glazers' money. That is money that Manchester United have generated. And the question I would ask the fans of other clubs is, would you be happy if the same thing happened to your club as has happened to Manchester United? Would you be happy if somebody borrowed £600 million to buy your club, then put that debt on your club, and then that takeover cost your club up to £2 billion over 17 years? And after 17 years, the debt is still £600 million. Just take off your sort of anti-United blinkers for a minute. Would fans of other clubs be happy with that? The answer is no. Nobody would be happy with that, taking owners, having owners that steal money from your club. They put the debt onto the club. They pay their interest payments from the profits of the club. And then they take a dividend. They take payment from the club for themselves. So they get paid. Then they paid off the debt. And meanwhile, the debt stays exactly the same because they're only paying off the interest 
And meanwhile, so far, that has cost Manchester United nearly £2 billion in the 17 years since we've had these fucking parasites running and being in charge of our club. It's time for it to stop. This is not going to get any better. This is going to get worse. Manchester United were just trying to get back into the Champions League this season. One game in, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. One game in, it doesn't even look like we're going to make the top six. We've already moved from being priced up and we talk about betting here for a second priced up at four to seven nearly minus 200 to make the top six to now being 10 to 11 the bookies after one game feel that there's a 50 50 shot that we're going to make it into the top six now you may think that's an overreaction you may think that's ridiculous well if that's the case then put your money down on man united to make it down to the top six but if you watch that performance against brighton it's very difficult to see who the fuck this team we're actually going to be we're a disorganized mess we have players all over the place who who don't know their positions that aren't playing well in their positions that don't have confidence we have a player like Marcus Rashford has no confidence we have a player like Bruno Fernandes that has no confidence at all these are two players that were instrumental in getting our second place the season that we did get second which has been really really an, an, an overhyped achievement because it happened in the season where Chelsea were transitioning and, and Liverpool were, were awful and obviously they blamed a lot of that on Virgil van Dijk and it just allowed Man United to slip through the crack into second place the reality check was last season now obviously I argued that perhaps that had gone too much the other way for us being a team that finished second for a team that being sixth and people are now writing us up for the top four I thought that was an overreaction but in the first 45 minutes against Brighton I was proven wrong because we looked like a fucking disorganised mess who were carved open by as I said a mid-table a mid-table team that sold their two best players Let's see how Brighton do this weekend at home against Newcastle, who look like genuine contenders for the top six. Because if anybody is going to displace Man United from the top six, it's going to be this Newcastle team who have bought well, haven't gone and blown their load and bought the huge names that we thought, which has been a disappointment to some. But in the end, they look like a more solid bet for the top six at the moment than Man United. Man United have a lot of work to do this weekend. This game against Brentford this weekend away is probably a must win. Because if we don't win it, and if we do lose or draw, then we're looking at a game at home to Liverpool who are probably going to take us apart. And there's a possibility that we can have no points from the first three games or one point from the first three games. And last season, Arsenal were looking to sack Mikel Arteta after that start. But at least during the first three games, Arsenal played against Chelsea and Manchester City. If we're coming away from no points, yes, granted at home to Liverpool, but then no points from the games away to Brentford and at home to Brighton, that is a fucking embarrassment. And that is cause for massive, massive concern. Looking at this Brentford game this weekend, Man United are priced up as the away favourites. I wouldn't be betting a penny on that at the moment based on the performance that we saw. It depends really on the on the team that we put out. There's obviously a lot of stuff out there in the media where ex-players once again are speaking up and looking at massive rotation. They're looking at starting Ronaldo. They're looking at putting Varane back in the back four. They're looking at putting Martinez in that defensive midfield position along with Ericsson as the other midfielder and just taking McFred completely out of the equation. They're looking at not starting Marcus Rashford in in the team there's loads of different stuff that I've put out but the overriding opinion is that Ronaldo has to play and that Varane has to play alongside Maguire if you have to play Maguire and that McFred cannot start this game they are the overriding opinions if you if you sort of collect together all the opinions and try and make one opinion out of it I think that's what you end up with and uh, once again it comes down to Man United playing Cristiano Ronaldo obviously Anthony Martial can't play because he's out with a hamstring but everything that we did and saw 
that was positive in the first three games of pre-season when you're looking at the way that we played, the teams that we beat, the way that we played stylistically. That is now out of the window and we are back with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Man United or, or Ralph Ragnick's version of Man United and it doesn't look like there's any influence from Eric Ten Hag at all. It's looking like we're just trying to get through a difficult season after one fucking game. So, as I said, this is going to be important. It's almost going to be must-win. And according to the bookies, we are the even-money favourites to win the game. It's 5-2 to two on the draw, and it's 3-1 to one here on Brentford. If I wasn't a Man United supporter, I think the smart money here would be on Brentford to at least avoid a defeat here in this game. Brentford to avoid a defeat here where I'm looking is priced up at 4-5. to five. But if you shop around, you can get it at 10-11, to 11, minus 110. That would be at a place where Man United are as short as minus, minus uh, 110, 10-11 to 11 favourites to win this game, which is absolutely ridiculous. As I said, this is a United team have lost five of their last seven Premier League games if you count the back end of last season. This is a Man United team who have won won six of their 19 away trips last season and this is a team who had one of the best away records in the Premier League the season before in fact they had a 30 match unbeaten streak on the road they now come into this having won twice in the league on in, in the league on the road in all of 2022 so if you think Bruno Fernandes is having a bad season it's completely in line with how we're playing away from home because suddenly a team that went on a 30 match unbeaten streak cannot win away from home and I'll be very very hesitant to back that to change here at the weekend I think the best bet would be to take both teams to score here. I don't see a clean sheet in this Man United team, not with the likes of Maguire playing at the back and you're relying at Diego Dallo as your, as your right back. For me, he's a player that can't defend. For me, Harry Maguire is a player that who, who has shown that he can defend before. I'm not going to jump the gun here, but at the moment, he looks completely shot of confidence. This, this back line don't seem to have any chemistry. There certainly doesn't seem to be any chemistry with the holding midfielders and, and the back line either. So I think looking at this game from a gut handicapping perspective, both teams to score at three to four does provide a lot of value because I don't see United keeping a clean sheet. But at the same time, with these players on the pitch, yes, they're underperforming, but you have to feel that with the likes of Ericsson and Fernandez and Sancho and Rashford and Cristiano Ronaldo, they will be able to find at least a goal here in this game. And therefore, I'm going for both teams to score at a price of three to four as my main lean here from this game at the weekend between Brentford and Manchester United. So that concludes this episode of Bet MUFC. There's a load of content from me to come here on the Sports Gambling Podcast. For those of you guys asking where my Bundesliga show is, that's now exclusive on the Lock Betting Podcast. That is a free feed. So if you want to hear my, my Bundesliga show, that's Bundesliga show is available exclusively on the LockBetting.com free feed. The European show returns to Lock Betting Patreon this weekend. So that will be back. That covers the games from La Liga and all of the, the other leagues not covered on Lock Betting's Bundesliga show or Serie A here on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Scamessa Italia will be back this weekend and there will be a Serie A preview. There will also be a La Liga preview as well. Lots of interest in that. People really want to know what I think about Barcelona. Can they be genuine contenders to Real Madrid? Well, no, not if they can't register their players. And there's a crazy situation where Christensen and Kessie, who are signed this summer, could be sold immediately if they can't get registered in time for Saturday. 
Friday. So we'll talk a little bit about that on the La Liga show. And of course, EPL match day two. We're off to a hot start to this season. Two locks out of two landed so far with the Community Shield game between Manchester City and Liverpool seeing both teams to score. And the parlay last weekend with Tottenham and Manchester City cruising through. So we look to continue that lock run on this weekend's edition of the EPL show. So all of that content to come, make sure you are subscribed to the Soccer Gambling Podcast feed and the Lock Betting feed as well. But until then, that's it for me. Good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.